Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your weekly sports fix with Sticks. All right. What's up, everyone? We got the anonymous big homie in the house rocking his Dodger blue. Anonymous big homie. How you doing, my man? Hey, yo, floating on the cloud. Cloud <laughs> nine. You know what I mean? 17 days, man. This has been a tough 17 days for us, L.A. boys. <laughs> this guy. Great. We're going to hear all about that later on, I am sure. Uh, the Dos Punjabis, Aaron Jones from wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. God, I love that place. What's up, buddy? You hear me? How's it, yeah, how's it going, man? How's it going? How's everything Good. Going? Good to go. Good to go. And last but not least, Mr. Uh, Tech Difficulty. Rudy, you in the got house. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in and on time, baby. In and on time. Here we go. Uh, no, uh, no uh, mental breakdown this week? <laughs> no, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like it was smooth. I typed in the, the passcode only twice. Bam, in there. No technical difficulties. Got to like that. Hey, we have the whole crew here today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Follow me on Twitter at Stick015 and follow uh, Anonymous Big Homie on Twitter. What you got, Anonymous Big Homie? What's that Twitter? Man, you got to follow the kid, man. Well, the kid's getting old, but you know what I'm saying? Homie underscore anonymous, keeping it real out here with these sports information. And Aaron Jones, I know you have a Twitter too. You want to profess that to the world there, buddy? You're on, there it's you funny, go. but I, it's it's funny, but I don't know if I have it. Uh, I don't have mine memorized right at the moment. You, it <laughs> is uh, it is at B U G E A T R, I believe, is Aaron Jones, and Mr. Uh, Unsocialist over there, uh, Rudy. Uh, I know you have. I know you have a, a Twitter, and I know you have a phone with a phone number with text messaging going on. But I know it's a little difficult to get when you have thirteen kids running around all the time. And you work all the time, too. So, Rudy, if you want to shout out your Twitter, you can do that, too, as well. It is at Vegas Browns fan. Vegas Browns fan is Rudy. So, hey, like I said, you can follow us all on Twitter. Now you can follow us all on Instagram as well. Sticks and Anonymous Big Homie uh, on there as well. And then don't forget to go to thisisfutter.com for more podcasts and online content. And don't forget to get that merch as well. We got the Anonymous Big Homie and Sticks merch available for you all, as well as uh, thisisfunner.com, um, all of Chris's. Chris, the producer. Um, That's right. Get it clear. 
do stuff on there as well. So anyways, and use that hashtag sticks and sports as always. So I am going to roll into a quick little UFC 254 recap for you all that listened to the second part of the UFC that I had my man Mark suited John last week. We both told you to check it out. I hope you all did. Once again, the UFC did not disappoint. Habib Nurmagomedov retains his lightweight title with his second round submission by a triangle choke. And an interesting, interesting fact here, I don't know if any of you three have heard this or any of the people out there heard this, but I've I heard this uh, like Monday. I know uh, I have. I know you have it. <laughs> Khabib, Khabib uh, had an arm bar on Justin Gaethje, and then he switched to a triangle choke because all week, um, all week Gaethje was saying he'd never tap. He's always said that he'd rather you know be put to sleep because you wake up, get put to sleep, you're fine. Uh, broken bone or broken limb, you know. I actually a did while. hear this. Did you wow. hear that? What do you yeah. know? I I let a little piece of UFC information get in my brain cells, man. Yeah, you 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 coming around and honest, big homie. I like that, man. We might start to be friends again. Uh, so yeah, so he he went to the to the triangle chokes. Didn't want to hurt Habib. Didn't want to hurt uh, Justin in front of his uh, parents. So that was pretty uh, crazy. I don't know how you think of that in the moment when you're in an octagon punching each other in the face and then just say hey I'm gonna just rotate from here to uh this little uh triangle choke real quick just to put him asleep so that ended in the second round after the fight Habib retired 29 and 0 um the dude is just a magician in the ring and he's just crazy good and all of his fights have been you know a lot of people call him boring but he gets the job done and uh you know, great kudos to Khabib or Habib for uh, retiring at 29 and 0. Man, mad stuff. But just for the record, throw it out there. UFC guru Mark Sudich was 7 2 and 1 on his picks, and I was 6 3 and 1 with my picks for the UFC 254. And we both agreed on the Habib winner uh, in the in the light lightweight title bout main event so at UFC 254. Yo, man, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You said ah. this kid retired? How, how long? Wait a minute. How, 31 wait a years minute. old. 31? Wait a minute, no. Uh-uh. He ain't even started stuttering yet. He ain't started forgetting shit yet. He don't go 15 rounds. Come on, you got to go out like an old school soldier. You're supposed to get Parkinson's when this is all over. What is he doing? You got to keep going, man. What is this retiring at 32? We got a lot of stuff to say about these people. I'm thinking, telling you, money is messing everything up. People are getting out too early. Stay in there. Do it for the art, for the coach. They messing it up. He hasn't even been cut in the in the UFC octagon either, man. So I heard that, he's too. Got a, he's got all his mentals in, in, in line, as uh, Marshawn Lynch would say. So, all right, let's go. Get into <laughs> – the MLB, the World Series. I know we all have a lot to say about this. So, um, I have nothing to say. Man, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I'm wondering. Uh, I have nothing to say. I'm wondering if uh, um, anonymous big homie is going to be quiet very long because I don't think he will be. His Dodgers pulled off another, what do you say, 17 days in between championships for the L.A. Uh, LA sports world. 
Got the yeah, Lakers. Man. It's crazy, Dodgers. but I mean that, that I don't know where somebody got that stat from because that'll never happen again. I mean, the season should have been over in June. Yeah, so the, it, you know, basketball would just be starting this week. You know, coming up. So yeah, I, I mean, it's cool. You know, for whatever lack of or celebratory situations you want to have, but dang, it'll never happen again. But it's good to see that again. Like I mentioned before. You know, one team from L.A. spurred the other one. Same thing happened when I was a, uh, a younger tyke, uh, you know, feeling my junior high school oats in 1988 uh, and when it happened again last time. So, well, I, dig I, I think you're all going to agree with me on this one. From what I saw, when as soon as Cash pulled Snell out of that, what was it, like the fifth inning, fourth MVP, inning or whatever? MVP. 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 <laughs> For Cash, I mean, the Dodgers won the mental game at that point, and the game was over. I mean, the game was over even though it was, what, 2-0 and then 2-1 and then 3-2 or whatever. But, man, the, the game water. was over. Yeah. Uh, got, gone are the good old days of the, the starting pitchers being relied on to win 15 games, I think, now with all these uh, saber metrics and all this stuff that they got going on. No more eight innings, 100, 110 pitches, uh, and then going to that – that one inning reliever and closing out the game. Um, so what, I mean, was there anything else in this game that kind of caught your guys' attention? No, nothing. I'm kinda, I'll, I'll jump in. I think, uh, I think I agree with everything that you said uh, regarding the, uh, the starting pitching and, you know, not, not riding your starter for as long as you possibly can. Uh, 2016 world series, Terry Francona, kind of made that go into his bullpen at unconventional times. He made it popular. If you guys remember, he had Andrew Miller in the bullpen. Dude that's like six foot nine, you know, throwing upper 90s. Do remember that guy. Would come in and just baffle people. Yeah. And he got real popular doing that. But, but that's still like, that's not, that's not old school baseball. I think old school baseball, like you said, has, uh, has the starter going kind of as long as he can. I definitely agree that that was a momentum changer. I definitely agree that that was the ball game right there. I don't know what would have happened had Tampa Bay won that game. Uh, the Dodgers, I felt, had more emotion. They seemed to be more energized the entire series, right? I mean, other than the, the debacle in the last inning in that game that they dropped, the Dodgers seemed to be the momentum team. They seemed to be the emotion team. They seemed to be the team that looked like they wanted it more, if you will. Uh, to me, anyway, the entire time. But, but yeah, I, I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Cash lead the starter in. I would like to have seen how that would have gone for him. I mean, and, and if you lose, I guess that's the one thing is Cash was kind of in a no-win situation. If Snell doesn't get out of it, uh, gives up those two runs and the, dot, and, the, and the Rays lose, then he's an idiot for taking the starter, for leaving the starter in. And then, obviously, what ended up happening, <laughs> he's an idiot for taking him out. Um, yeah, he was damned if he did, damned if he don't, right? Yeah, and, and I mean that, you know, the Fair, Fairbanks or whatever that guy's name is coming in, you know, literally blowing 100 miles an hour. I mean, it, it's tough to it's tough to leave that in the bullpen when you've got lightning arms like that out in the pen. It's, it's tough to just leave them there. But And it worked for him all but year, the too. the starter, Snow, was just – right. But he was just – he was literally making people look stupid. I, I mean – you know, you got you got Mookie Betts sitting there, and, and I think Mookie Betts is probably, to me, he was the MVP, making amazing plays in the outfield, 
seemed to get that timely hit every time he needed it. I mean, he was phenomenal. And he was that emotional guy, that leader. He's coming up. Snell was what? Those guys were 0 for 6 against him coming into to, to that at bat, which would have been Mookie Betts. I bet you Betts gets a hit no matter what, right? I mean, that's just the kind of series that he had. But still, just a shame. I mean, that was your hot hand. If you're riding the hot hand, that was your hot hand. And, and, and uh, it didn't get a chance to play out. And that's disappointing. And he'll be criticized forever. It, the only thing to that is he was, they were 0 for 6 with 6 strikeouts. It wasn't just 0 for 6. He struck all 6 of them out. The problem yeah. is, is me and Pingo were talking earlier about, I mean, a couple of days ago about this, is that they, the first time that Snell seen them, they only wanted to go through the lineup one time, and it didn't matter. They bullpened him. Same time when Gosling came up, came through one time, and that was their MO. Their, their thing was, okay, we're going to run you once, we're going to yank you. This time he ran him twice. Now these guys have seen him two times. Let's yank him. Now we don't want him to see him three. But, again, the hot hand. I mean, he, he, he struck him out three, I mean, six times. You have to live or die by the sword sometimes, right? I mean, you're you're in the moment. Your guy's pitching great. They, you know, you're right there. You you, you just have to take the enemy. And they're grouching. He had 75 pitches. Only 75 pitches. This guy's pitched all half a season, you know. He's pitched all these games. It's tough to pull the guy. I mean, but, but you're right, Rudy, about the whole – you you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he did come in, give up the hit, the next I guess the thing, everybody would have fired the guy, fired the guy. So it's, he, he was going to get fired no matter They were going to talk firing him no matter what, so one way or right. the other. You know, pitch count should never matter at this stage of baseball, right? I mean, it was definitely his last outing. Even if they would have won, he's not coming back tomorrow to throw. You got these guys like, I mean, Trevor Bauer would tell you that he could throw 175 pitches. Right. You know, there's, no reason, there's no reason why that guy couldn't have gone 100 pitches and even even muscled up for another 20. I mean, if you really wanted to get him through the bottom of the lineup and just bring in your closer in the eighth or the ninth. I mean, but again, I mean, that's 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 managing baseball, and I think that's what is going to be tough kind of moving forward. You got bullpens full of guys throwing 100 miles an hour, which, by the way, is it not amazing to anyone else that these guys are literally turning on 100-mile-an-hour fastballs and pulling them down the line? I mean – you realize how fast that ball is on you. These guys' eyes have to be so quick. Their hands have to be so quick. That in its own right is amazing that guys are even sniffing 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. But Yep, they're getting better these days for sure. That's just <clears throat> no – you know, you, in the time where you're 100 miles an hour back then, there were, what, 20, 20 years ago, maybe two or three pitchers throwing 100. Now there's 20 or 30 out of the bullpens, especially throwing 100 miles an hour. It's well, maybe not that many, but probably at least 20. But it's crazy how much you know it has changed and how quick this ball is getting on these hitters. Um, uh, I had something for Anonymous Big Homie and I forgot. Damn, well, while, while you think and the other I'm, thing, oh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I said the other thing that everybody talked about starting this series, it was all about bullpen against starting pitching. You know, it was going to be Tampa's race bullpen against Dodgers pitching, uh, starting pitching. So, I mean, that was the other thing. I think that they thought that, hey, as long as we get to our uh, bullpen, that we, we have a chance to win this game. And I think that's the other thing that they had in their head. Even though Dodgers beat up on their start on their uh, bullpen pretty much the whole time. But I just think that that was another thought he had in his head is, you know, get to that 100-mile power pitcher, get to your closer. How many times did that guy bring his closer in in the fifth, fifth or sixth inning during this series? I think at least twice, right? Jeez. All I know is I wish it would have went seven. 
Yeah, I don't like any of this. Okay, let's get to back to the genesis of this real quick. So I'm gonna blame all of this since Rudy wants to take uh take responsibility on Terry Francona. What is up with this splitting the game down so small? Okay, and that's the reason why everybody's pissed off and says that the game is so slow. Uh, because you got all of this excess movement. You got dudes getting paid. I don't even know. Ask Nolan Ryan how much he got paid. Ask Oral Hershiser how much he got paid. And to do, and these fools is doing a third, you know what I'm saying, of what these guys were doing back in the day with success. Uh, you were talking about with medical science and as much working out as they do, and you're saying that they can do less now. Uh, we just talked about them throwing heat. They're throwing heat, so you could only throw nine in, uh, nine pitches of heat. Okay, I'm just not a fan. The money, I think, has done messed up the game. So all of the uh, uh, stations uh, are paying for all of this stuff. So naturally, the salaries are inflated. But when did all of this group thing start happening? To where I could see you have one manager who just loves doing dumb shit like this. Okay, but what happened to like the Bears type and the Steelers type where this is how we do it. We run a guy out and through minor leagues. We train a guy. He's got to go seven and two thirds or something like this. Um, I don't even understand this. So I wish I would have stayed. I mean, where would we be at if we were all stay playing ball right now? Salaries be nuts. We'd have the, the generational wealth situation going on and we didn't have to do a damn thing. Look at my man, Kike. He's hardly playing. He's been with the team for six years, and now it's just pinch-hitting situations. Now he comes through. We all know this, but for ridiculous money. I bet you Hubie Brooks or Lenny Harris wasn't getting this type of money when they was in pinch-hit situations only, okay? So I don't know, man. I, the, the game, I, I see where they, had, where they had to make the game more interesting, but – you know, the whole group think situation with this man is ridiculous. And my man, who looked like he was about to cry in the press conference, he wanted to say so bad, I should have stayed in there. But he couldn't throw his manager out there. He couldn't throw the cash man out there. Okay. But, hey, if it wasn't for that, it wouldn't be Big Blue Wrecking Crew back on top. So I got to show respect to these dudes, but he's stupid for doing the same thing people have been doing, and I would love for somebody to do the success rate on all of this bullpen committee situations and starters run for four. This is ridiculous. You messed my whole game up. So I, I'll throw in on this one. Like I, I kind of agree, and I have multiple thoughts, but I don't necessarily think that the reason why they pulled the starter – is about money. I think that's a, a whole other subject and topic. But but I will say, like, if you go back to the start of the closer, and I think this is where it kind of where it kind of started. You go back to like your Dennis Dennis Eckersley kind of guy, right? Okay. Imagine when Eckersley became a closer, that was when like that ninth rule became first. And I think he was one of the first ones and and I don't have a computer open right now to go back and tell you exactly, but but, you know, that's one of the first guys that really was getting what they called saves at the time. And all, it, he, he turned it into an eight-inning game. He turned baseball from – right? So, you got – all of a sudden now, you have an, an eight-inning game because the guy that you have coming out of the bullpen is money, right? And so, uh, I mean, who – Trevor Hoffman, member for the Padres. Like, that dude was money. So, so now imagine you are – you're the Dodgers. You're the – you're Tommy Lasorda back in 1989, the year after you won the World Series. 
And now let's say your team trades for Trevor Hoffman and Dennis Eckersley. So those are your two back-end guys. Suddenly now your game just became seven innings. Your starter goes out, gets you through six, maybe seven if you're lucky. And then now you turn the game over to either one of two ace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus relievers eckersley or trevor hoffman you're gonna win probably 95% of the games that, that, that those guys are coming in if they have their one, two, or three-run lead. And I think that's where we've come. I think that now all of a sudden you've got a bullpen full of guys that are essentially top-tier closer level because dudes are, are training to be closers from the time. See, it used to be your starter was your best pitcher, and then the guys that were relievers were guys that maybe didn't have that third or fourth pitch. They had like – a great money pitch, you know, fastball and a slider, fastball and a curveball. Whereas your starters are supposed to have three and four pitches, fastball, curveball, slider, change, whatever it is, right? So now all of a sudden your relievers were kind of guys that couldn't quite cut it as starting pitchers. Now all of a sudden in today's day and age, you got guys that are coming out of high school and college as closers, guys that are going through the entire minor league system as closers. They were never guys that washed out of being a pitcher which, by the way, are a starter. I was one of them. I, I couldn't start. I only had two pitches. So they put me in the bullpen. I had a good career in college as a back-end bullpen guy because I had two good pitches. But they wanted three or four for the starters. But it's not that way anymore. Guys are now coming up as closers for the whole time. So you've got a bullpen, a back-end bullpen, full of three or four guys, any one of whom can probably close the ninth inning any time. It makes sense to have your starter go, six innings and then come in with your seventh inning closer your eighth closer and then your ninth inning closer and you're going to win most of those games so it makes sense as a manager to do that sort of thing but it is a departure from what we're used to as your your nolan ryan type starter throwing 130 pitches and they coming back five games later doing the same thing and anonymous big homie did you hit on this that you said that you talked to me earlier about was uh so the pitchers are paid all this money. Starting pitchers are paid all this money now, but they're only throwing – they're only pitching 50% of the time now instead of eight innings. They're going five innings or four innings. Um, so they're getting paid more money to do less. Is that – did, you, did you touch on that? Yeah. Correct. 
Correct. I mean, because if you look uh, look at it, like I said, it's just the nature of like that's why they wait for certain players that are on the higher end wait for collective bargaining agreement situations because they know that the network contract is going to be up and naturally money is going to be there. They're not being asked to do more, but they just know that more money is in play. So progressively more money has been in play for these dudes. And but baseball is requiring the 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 most premier part of the game to do less and that just, i don't know that just makes sense that doesn't make sense to me that would be like asking joe montana to just play the first half right i i agree 100 with the the baseball it just seems like it i i i don't know i don't want to get into the numbers part of it but it just seems a little intriguing how yeah, if a starting sure. pitcher is going to ask for so much what I don't even know how much Kershaw's getting paid or whatever, but I mean, what did he go six innings finally? That's what I'm saying. And for, the, and for the manager to not require it, or the GM to not require these guys to be able to go out there, not for you to be the dumb, stupid starter that says, "Give me the ball in any situation. I don't care if I get shelled." You know what I mean? I'm talking about look, we work out and we, this is what we do. We want to get to this point. Now, if we want to go seven and then one, two, you know what I mean? That's great. Or we want to go six and go one, two, 76 or whatever it was. Yeah, pitches. 76 Are pitches. you kidding me? At, let me, uh, too, we need to take a number of pitches and divide it into just the average dude's salary. We do Kershaw since he makes the most. It'll look like the most ridiculous number. We need to do the number of pitches thrown divided by salary. I like that. Get on that in your downtime uh, after the show. Let me know how that comes out. We'll put it out there on Twitter and see what it comes out as. Let me write that down. Number of pitches divided by salary, right? Yeah, I'm just telling you, I think that, I think that would be interesting, though, if you look at it in comparison, because we already know that back in the day, back when Ricky was the highest played player at three men. I remember when he signed that. Yeah, I mean, he already thought he was the baddest man in the world. Three men. And he wasn't a slugger. He wasn't doing any of the major stuff. But three men, highest paid player. Okay. But I'm just saying, three men right now, that's, that's what they pay the equipment manager. <laughs> the equipment manager. Oh, man. Well, I thought something else was interesting about the – well, we could obviously get into the Justin Turner, um, you know, mass thing. But you know what? Uh, it sure didn't look like Magic gave a you know, rat's ass about the Rona standing up there between all those people without his mask on. Um, Magic Johnson, that is. And then we have uh, Justin Turner getting pulled out of the game, which is kind of odd and weird. And we can go into all the conspiracy theories on that and how he came back out. So, and speaking of, you know, what would have happened or what could have happened or how it would have went down. I heard people talking about how they would have postponed the World Series for seven days. No way in hell. You play without Justin Turner. You play without whoever tests positive, And you go into a different. You want to put a championship um, on your record with the COVID, which I would have been more than great and happy the Mariners would have won or even made the playoffs. I would have been ecstatic. Um, but you would have had to play with the consequences in hand and played that game seven either way. No putting it off for days to test everybody. Um, so whatever. But anyways, I heard today that, um, that I think both teams, everybody – 
else tested negative and they all left. And then uh, Turner and his wife, I guess, are stuck in, in Arizona or Houston or Texas doing a, a quarantine or whatnot. But um, there's no way in hell any, it, it, no way in hell you're going to keep me out of a celebration. Teammates wanted him there for Justin Turner. Um, you know, he was an intricate part of that, the, the whole series. Um, the only way they would have got him out of there is, to, you know, put him in a straight jacket, drugged him up and carried him out VIA van and took him back to the hotel and had him on lockdown. So he was, there's no way in hell once he got taken out that he wasn't going to be back out there if they won that game. Anybody disagree with me? I mean, that's what he's supposed, that's what he's supposed to do. They've already been around him in the dugout all game. Okay, this right. was test. This is test number. He already given two samples. He had already sent one in. They were waiting for results for the for the first one. The second one comes back, and then they go immediately. Yo, get on the horn. You know, start waving <laughs> the flags. Um, but That's he was so already weird. he's already out there. You know, it, at this point, I mean, it is mad risky and is horrible optics. You know what I mean? But as and to a man, ain't nobody gonna just go. Oh no, I'm gonna sit here and watch this on the monitor from yeah. the, from the lo- from the locker room. That's not gonna happen. I would have been out there walling out, maybe in the on deck circle or something, have a halo around me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, the little be, bubble, man. Yeah, bubble boy six feet away. Yeah, but I mean, there's no way. I mean, I don't I don't blame him. I've heard a lot of different things about it. Um, I, from what I hear, his teammates wanted him out there too. So. You know, you can't fault the guy. What's up, Aaron Jones? Okay, so just a quick little in 2013, they did a Kershaw's pitch count on his salary that he would have. He would have $9,477 per pitch. It also is $89,000 per day, $3,710 per hour, $61.83 per minute, and $1.03 per second. That was as a, that was his numbers on his current thing for 2000 on his pitch count for 2013. That's the closest mm-hmm. thing I can pull right this really quick. Fred, can you run that one more time so I can one more time? It was $9,477 per pitch. $9,500 per pitch. And I guarantee you that was see, that was thirteen, so that was seven years ago. I'm pretty sure that's a contract to go. That was off his thirty-two million, and right now they're saying he makes thirty-one million a year. Is what I just pulled up for 2019 okay. current salary. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he sign three years, ninety million? He's on. He's on three years, ninety million. Yeah. So makes sense. Makes sense. So. <clears throat> What else we got on the World Series? Since we got a few minutes left before we get into NFL, we might as well just I got close it out. Go hey, let me let me what jump in. Got, let, Rudy, let me Rudy, let me we, let me just been, say all right. So so we times, were so we got to give you the floor. What you got? What you got? We we were joking. We were joking around on that text message group a little bit about the uh, about how I said that the Browns won the Super Bowl in, in uh, 1964. It wasn't even the Super Bowl then. The Browns won the championship in '64, and then. Right, and then turn around, what, 54 years later, and the Cavs won the the championship in 2016. And I made those jokes about how uh, the Dodgers went three weeks, you know, from the time that the Lakers won. And, and we were all jealous and, you know, obviously giving big homie some grief about that. But um, I do got to say, I mean, let's think about 
the Dodgers hadn't won the World Series for 32 years. And I remember exactly where I was 32 years ago. Uh, my dad's an avid Dodgers fan. My mother's an Indians fan. I kind of have both of those in my blood. And I remember 1988 exactly where I was. I remember everything about that World Series. And it's just kind of like amazing to me to think that that was 32 years ago. Like it was that long ago when it kind of doesn't feel like, you know, any more than a few years, you know, back when I was 13 years old or whatever I was. But I just want to give kind of credit to the Dodgers, though. I mean, uh, it's hard. It's hard to win a championship, right? And this proves that they've been close so many times, so many teams that have had these long streaks. Uh, the Indians have lost three World Series since 1948 when they won their last one. Uh, obviously, Jonesy could tell us about the Cubs going 108 years, but but the Dodgers, man, I mean, they, you know, they could have very easily been in one of those long-term, not that 32 years isn't long, but they could have been in one of those long-term 60, 70-year droughts had they not won this this year. And, and I just got to kind of give them credit. It was a crazy year, and uh, they rose to that challenge. So hats off to the Dodgers, man. Well, first of all, at least no. There's no first of all. Well, the Mariners have never been there. The Mariners have never been there, so we're gonna go with that. At least in my lifetime, and not counting the Pilots or whatever else there's going on. I'm just looking for a playoff, another playoff since what 2001. I'm ready for just another playoff. But I don't think any of us really disagreed from before that even if this season would have been 162 with the way Bueller and well, not Kershaw and those other uh, starting pitchers, whoever they were, I've off the top of my head right now. But anyways, those guys, I mean, even 162 games, the Dodgers were on destined for that. I mean, you lose three out of the last four, uh, or you lose – you go three out of four years to the World Series, right, the Dodgers? Yep. And so, you know, and especially after the Houston fiasco where they thought they should have won, and then now, you know, I think they were by – all-around team aspect. I mean, you get Bellinger hot. You get Seager hot. You know, the young jock, Peterson hot. Um, Mookie Betts, I mean, what a signing that was. I mean, I think he picked the right spot. I wish he would have came to Seattle or whatever, but that didn't happen. Um, All-around, I mean, I don't think even if it would have went 162, the Dodgers were destined for that one. They probably would have wiped the floor with Tampa Bay if it would have been that. It would have been 4-0 if they would have got all those games in. See, that's what I'm saying. Rudy stopped for a millisecond, and you slid the Mariners in here on a day like today. <laughs> yep. Okay? See, it's got it's got to stop. The shenanigans got to stop at some point. But, no, I just wanted to, you know, I'll take some good happy ribbing, but I don't like the uh, the, the information that I see on TV and the, the sports jokers that want to sit up here and say it's a, this is an asterisk situation. Okay? It, it wasn't. <laughs> This is not an asterisk situation. I know it's 60 games and all of that. I feel that. But they was the favorites to win this joint from the beginning. It's been 11 years since the favorite actually won. So let's think about how hard this is to win a championship under any circumstances. You know what I mean? So who do they normally pick in the preseason to go to the World Series? It's generally the damn team that won it the year before. When the Cubs won, they were – they were the favorites to win it the next year. The Astros won it the year, won it that year against the Dodgers. The Dodgers weren't the favorite. Astros weren't the favorite. You know what I mean? So it's happened twice, but they actually pulled it off. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, it's crazy, man. 
it, the underdogs, generally, I went back and had to do a little bit of research and looked at some of the team names I've seen that have won a title since 88. The damn Angels won one. I had to watch the damn San Francisco Giants win every other year for some dumbass reason. Okay? And then he mentioned Cleveland, and I had it, got it right here. Cleveland done been a gang of times. Yo, word up to Rob, Robbie Alomar. The homie uh, Albert Bell and that whole squad, Albert Joey Bell, which one do you want to call him? You know what it is. But I'm telling you, it's been hard out here. It's been difficult for me to watch this every single year, knowing that the Kings have won since then. Okay? You, I watched USC, UCLA, all win titles in their individual sports, basketball, college, things like this. And we just been sitting. I ain't even mentioning the Lakers. So, hey, much respect to the homie Kershaw for sticking in there all of these years. And I got a quick second with a couple of shout outs for y'all. Y'all might appreciate this real quick. Okay? <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's hear it. Okay, I got some shout outs for y'all. So, these are some cats who held it down during the grind years. Okay, here's some old school baseball card names for y'all ass. Okay, you got to show respect for the homie Eric Carroll's. He just barely missed it back in the day. Never got to see a title. Sean Green, don't forget about Sean Green. Sean Green was like the first Cody Bellinger. He was a thug back in the day and everybody loved him. Eric, uh, Andre Ethier. <laughs> what you know about that? He held us down when times was tough. Okay, Raul Mondesi, he held us down, man, when times was tough. Hey. Man, here we go. We're going to go to the other side of the country a couple times. They held us down. Hideo Nomo and the homie Chanho Park held us down when we didn't have no kind of pitching staff after we got rid of Ramon, Pedro. Todos, everybody was gone. That's who we had to go with to hold us down with. You know what I'm saying? So respect to all the guys, man. We won this. Hey, now let we on to the next thing. Now the Rams got to do their thing and keep everybody smiling. And I'm telling you, hey, that super spreader event, man. Super I want to find out dot 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 how many people gonna get it. Even though HIPAA means it says that they don't necessarily have to tell who's off season. But dot dot dot, who else gonna get it? Because it was a whole bunch of kids out there, people, kids out there that he was standing next to and breathing on. And uh, I'm telling you, man. I can't wait to see this, man. We might have a situation where, man, I hate to see fines come down, but, I mean, I think you almost got to find the kid and then slap him on the wrist and say, all right, don't do this again. Super so spreader event. Are you going to start hashtagging that super spreader event uh, there, Nas Big Homie? For the, yeah, what would you say? No, no, uh, no, no party in LA, no parade. No, You're gonna get no. that super spreader event. That, that's right. They decided <laughs> to hold a full super spreader event in the middle of the field instead of doing a parade because they already saw the Lakers wasn't getting one. So they said, let's just do something bigger news than that. It's LA. We gotta have big news. You know what I mean? So that's what they decided to do. Now, that's, I'm telling you, I'm watching too much CNN and, and uh, MSNBC and all of this. Everybody got super spreader events, you know. That's this is the new thing. That's the new catchphrase. Buzz. Better go market right, that. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking go of super spreader event, 
super spreader event. We need to go super spread some more Michelob Ultra around this place. Uh, get that Michelob Ultra and wash your damn hands so we don't have a super spreader event. Go to thisisbutter.com for more podcasts and online content and get that freaking merch and wear your freaking mask. Uh, We all wear it all day at work, so might as well uh, keep it going, and then we'll be back in a couple minutes so we can uh, get this NFL talk going on. Don't forget the dogs are down (laughs) 3-1-2. It's not as big homie talk about his damn Dodgers. Don't forget they were down 3-1, man. They were throwing dirt on their grave. Had to give you that 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 platform there, brother. All right, well, we'll be back in just a minute. Wash your damn hands, y'all. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For more podcasts, videos, and content, go to thisisfunner.com. Now back to your weekly sports fix with Sticks. Welcome back. I don't know what, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I know how two minutes works. Two minutes for me is a lot quicker than the two minutes for you all. But uh, that's, you know, a little side note, but hey. Maybe we don't need to go there right now. Anyways, we got uh, uh, Rudy back. We got Nas Big Homie back. We got Aaron Jones back. Uh, let's just get right into it, you all. Oh, by the way, nice Halloween costumes, you clowns. You all look like a bunch of clowns. You all dressed going as the insane clown posse and stuff for Halloween. But uh, anyways, let's see what we got. We have a week seven recap real quick. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out you know why we start off real quick that uh the Dallas is still trash you know I think I said earlier in the in the earlier podcast that they wouldn't win more than six games uh we should have put a futures bet on that because I'm pretty sure that's going to happen and you know we're not talking about power rankings right now but power rankings I have the Jets last but you might have to even though the Jets are on seven and the Cowboys are two and five you might have to put them in the very bottom uh of the ranked power rankings is 32 just because they're terrible but enough (laughs) about the worthless oh nope i lied not enough about the worthless dallas cowboys um i do have a stat here for you all i'm surprised i don't know if i sent this out to you all yet or not or you guys probably saw it but dallas is zero and seven against the spread uh one short of the longest win streak against the spread over the past 20 years to start a season. Oakland failed to cover in the first eight games in 2013. I was wondering when I was, was we were talking about some spreads and stuff, uh, Aaron, I was trying to think of something. I can't remember what it was, but that is one of them that, um, that is a good stat to go back. uh, You and your stat maven history that you got going, Aaron Jones. 
But um, 0-7, probably going to be 0-8 this week since they face Philly. It's only at minus nine right now, but we're not to that part yet. But um, So let's talk about the greatest team in the world, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I know you all watched that game on Saturday or Sunday night. Um, Rudy, were you up watching the Seahawks on Sunday night? I, I was not. Okay, I, uh, I, mean, I, watched, I watched the first half for sure. And we had the family up, man, and we were screaming, you know, because I got, I got DK Metcalf, and every time Russell Wilson throws that ball deep, man, it comes down to 14. And I was screaming as that ball's in the air, 14, 14, 14, then it come down in 16's arms. I was like, Lockett made the greatest catch, man. Like, that was amazing. And then we all went to bed, you know, kind of high on, a, on, that, on that rush of the first half and woke up the next morning, and it was like over. I never understood how people on the East Coast can watch football or baseball at that matter. Um, man, that's just that's that's just crazy. I would have to find a uh, – I might have to take Mondays off every week. Um, but, man, every time he did throw that ball, Lockett, Lockett showed out on, on Sunday. Um, Anas Big Omi and I had a, a conversation um, – he had Lockett on his fantasy team and Ben. Who did you bench in Osprey, homie? Oh, who the hell did I bench, man? That was. Shit, I just had it too, and I forgot. It was someone else we were talking about? But man, yes, sir. Uh, Lockett showed out. He had three touchdowns, two hundred yards. Uh, Metcalf, I believe, only had like two catches that game. But how freaking awesome was that rundown of Buddha Baker? Hey, if we had a dollar for every time Chris Collinsworth and uh, whoever the blow guy was the fucking said Buda Baker, we'd all be rich right now. Um, he said it like ten times in like three seconds. But um, they love that name, man. I don't know yeah, what it is. Not as big homie never talk about that, but uh, man, that rundown of Buda Baker to save that touchdown and to top it off, Arizona didn't even score um, on that. We all know the outcome. The Seahawks uh, did not get that one. Um, you can't win them all. That's what I've been telling people. Listen to people every day come in. Ah, oh, blah blah blah. Yeah, I get it. It was against. It was against Arizona. It was against a divisional opponent. Um, the Seahawks gave that game away. But you're gonna give games away when your defense is freaking terrible. All right. Let's just say that right now. You can't. Well, we talked about it last week, I believe. Giving up thirty something points a game. You can't expect you know your offense to score you know, 30 more, uh, 31 or 30 every week to get when your defense is giving up that much. Uh, dead last. Dead last still. And they've been dead last the whole year. Well, and uh, now they got Carlos Dunlap coming from the Cincinnati Bengals. But we, we've talked about the Bengals before too. Their offensive line can't stop protect uh, the phenom Joe Burrow. And their defensive line can't get any pressure either. But I'm thinking that I know Carlos Dunlap was a little unsatisfied with his playing time in Cincinnati. So hopefully if he gets some more playing time here in Seattle, we won't see him this week. We'll have to wait till week nine. Um, and then we also signed Snacks Harrison last week. So I'm thinking he'll be active this week. Um, but I don't know. But we'll see. What a game, though, Arizona and Seattle. Um, not quite the way. I thought it would turn out. I did say last week, didn't I say like it'd be like 31-30 or something? It was 
you know, came down to the last second, just like always. We all agreed that they were gonna uh, weren't gonna cover the three the three and a half point spread. So we all did figure that. And Rudy's the only one that would have went money line the other. Oh way. yeah, so, I almost forgot to uh, give Rudy his props. He did call it out. He did give. He did say if this is a game they're going to lose, it would be this one. So, Rudy, mad props. You would call that one correct for sure. Yeah, I hate to be right on that one because, you know, I mean, obviously it meant the, the, the Hawks lost. But, you know, you just you, you take those divisional games, teams that know each other, teams that study each other, teams that play each other twice a year. I mean, Arizona has seen Russell Wilson many, many times. Uh, I just uh, I just felt it, man. I felt it. Yeah, sometimes you got to go with the feeling, just like I do on my overs. Got to have the feeling, right? And so that's what home. you, you guys, that's what you guys were talking about, man. You can't discount these divisional matchups and the familiarity that everybody has. And we've said that multiple times in different situations this year so far. So this is this is a spot where another one came through. My my Rams got hit with a bad spot. There's the Forty ers who are in the cemetery. That's yeah. That's another. That, that, I, I don't even want to talk about how bad those Rams even looked the other day. What a horrible game that was! Oh my God, I thought I was going to get sick of just that. That game was a, a horribly played game. Rams, yes, they did come on top, but that entire thing—the passing the ball back and forth—and that was that was a, that, that should have been that should have been an eighty-four point game, and those guys just could not hold the ball. I I couldn't believe it. Second half jokers. Uh, <laughs> Anana's big homies, damn slowman, uh, should be on damn the streets. Damn slowman, slow mo. Man, and what are the Bears gonna do with? I mean, I thought Foles Foles isn't doing them any better than than Trubisky was, and I mean, I don't even know where they go from here. They're the worst four and two team or five and two team in the league, um, not even in the top ten in most people's um top 10 rankings definitely not in mine and they just can't seem to figure it out I mean their defense was okay but I think you played a lot of that that game like you're referring to Aaron and uh, the the Rams in Chicago is that they you know there was no there's no offense and then the Rams pretty much just said hey let's just go three and out because we know their offense can't do anything you know, and the, and it ended up being 24 to 10, but the Rams in the second half let up, right, and honest big homie? And that's it, man. So I, I took two things away from that. It's that that you just said, which is that I don't know what's up with this teams and this letting the foot off the pedal when there's still plenty of game left to, to go, seeing how many comebacks we've seen so far. Um this is just absolutely stupid to me. Uh, like I said, I was telling Slim that how much I value defense. You could watch football for the defense, for the hits, for the things like this. So I want to see that, and I want to see some ball control. But you don't ball control halfway through the third. Okay, put the hammer down. Let's get it. Especially because, here's my second point, Chicago can't run the ball for depth. I don't even think they had 50 yards. Matter of fact, I was waiting for it to, before I said something. They didn't. They had 49. Okay. <laughs> that was the one thing that I noticed. Foles was throwing the ball the whole time. And that ain't going to work against 
against uh, what we try to do out there in the back. That means you're on your toes looking for Aaron Donald 24-7. That's exactly what we want. So McVay sat back and said, we see what's going on. They can't run the ball for a damn. So let's just go get them. Let's play it soft. I hope he's saying let's play it soft. You know what I mean? Because it looked like they were scared. And I don't like that scared business. Well, Chicago, Chicago has been a lot. I mean, since they put uh, Foles in, they've been talking. Uh, there's been so many trade rumors or pickup rumors about picking up another quarterback. I've heard like five or six different names, and I can't come up with them on the top of the top of my head. But I didn't hear what he said. But supposedly, Foles talked crap about Maggie. He said something, and it sounds like it's probably going to be the end of him too. But I'm not positive. Hey. Hey, maybe they can go get Dan Bunadachi from uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe that'll be their savior. Trade him straight across. Uh, hey, we go got get, Blake Bortles on the bench. They got Blake Bortles out there, too. You know, hey, I don't know about um, – talk about a miserable game. The Washington-Dallas game in the second half. What was it, 2-0 to zero in the second half? Uh, Dallas at Washington, the Washington football team. They couldn't even, you know – they broke the, the Washington defense looked like they were playing, you know, Super Bowl level playing against Dan Bonaducci or whatever his name is. I don't know and what you're like, talking about. Cause the first, the first half looked just as bad as the second half. <laughs> yeah, that too. All right. So wait a minute. That, was that even with, with, uh, with rifle in there or are you just saying they just look like with him in there? No, total... he looked like he didn't look good either. It, it, the whole thing, they, it was, it was almost as sad as the Bears game. I mean, that's that third, fourth quarter of the Bears game. I mean, this, it was yeah, – they couldn't do anything. I mean, the only, the only team that, like he said, the Washington looked like the Super Bowl champs against Dallas. They were just doing everything they could possibly do. It just the horrible – Dallas is just horrible. I mean, what how many yards what? are given in the second half when you have a 2-0 game? Like, I, I don't even I, – I don't – I never saw them on the red zone. I'll tell you that. Uh, neither did I. Neither <laughs> so, did I. I mean, I mean, who knows? That was just a pathetic game. I Dude, don't know. What, what happened to all of those names that were the new school <laughs> uh, wall of wall of Dallas or whatever? You know what I mean? It's supposed to be the, the reincarnation of the original great wall of Dallas. Whatever happened to those names? Are They, they just all, cut them all this week. I think – didn't oh. I ask you – didn't I ask you like in week one or two – how or why you thought Dallas was going to be so great. Didn't you go off like 25 minutes of how and why they were going to be the best team in the league and something like I, I can't remember. I don't I have know to go back that. and pull that audio <laughs> up, but I know there was something like that. that. I said that. I, think... were, I said that they were talented and they had all the – all You of did. The, they had all of on paper, the visuals and all of this. They had all of that type of thing. And clearly they did. My man's was uh, leading the NFL in passing at the time, thus still losing, but the offense was doing what it was supposed to do, and that's what I was talking about. But I don't understand what happened to all of those names on the back of the jersey that I was just hey. seeing in that front five. Um, maybe the maybe they for forgot them. to bring that paper <laughs> to the game. Man. Hey, well, I want to I, I give, uh, I wanna, I wanna give uh, Rudy a second here. Um, Cleveland pulled out a win over my uh, Cincinnati Bengals by three, but you lost Odell for the year. So Odell's done. 
obviously might not be back. This is his final year, right, of his contract or whatever that he got back. I bet not ever run into that kicker anywhere. No, it's definitely not the final year. I think he's got two more, as a matter of fact, after this. So we still we still have him, but um, you know, listen, uh, Odell is a great player, and I don't want to be disrespectful. If you listen to what Baker Mayfield had to say, you know, in light of this, there's a lot of people around the Cleveland circles that are saying that that Baker Mayfield is going to be better off without Odell than than he is with him, and uh, you know, for the for the the chance that that Baker listens to this podcast, I want to be respectful and say that it's a shame that <laughs> right. He's listening. Yeah, he, he, he will be. He will. It's a shame, though, that, that Odell went down. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's painful as a you know for a team that's built around a guy like that. But to be honest with you, um, I remember a few years back when we had Josh Gordon, and Josh Gordon had yeah. that 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 monster year where he like won the receiving championship after having only played in fourteen out of sixteen games. games and yeah. right, you know, he then he comes back the next year and he served like. I want to say it was an eight-game suspension or whatever it was that he'd served. And, uh, Bring back Josh Gordon, by the way. Right. I can't, I can't remember if the quarterback was Colt McCoy or I don't remember exactly who it was at the time. No, it was Deshaun Kaiser. And Deshaun Kaiser, like, gets, gets Gordon back, and, man, he got worse. Legitimately, all, all Deshaun tried to do was get the ball to Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was covered, double covered, had a man over top, whatever it was, and – Kaiser just keeps going to Gordon, right? And I, and, and I think there's something to that with, with Baker and Odell. Odell has the number one number of, amount of targets from Baker Mayfield of all the receiving core this year. And Baker's got the lowest QBR and highest interception rate of, of all the other receivers that he goes to. So there is something to say that you have these superstar receivers like what Des Bryant used to be or whatever. And the quarterback keeps looking at them because they want the ball because they're vocal about wanting the ball because they need the ball or they're going to trash talk you after the game to the media, like whatever it is, or they're just really good receivers. And so your brain is fixated on getting them the ball when you got dudes open all over. So there is something to be said about the fact that when a big-time receiver like that goes down, Baker's not going to be looking right to him. He's going to have to automatically look to spread the ball out. And I legitimately do think that you're going to see a different and respectfully better Baker Mayfield because half his brain isn't – half his football brain isn't going to be fixated on Odell Beckham Jr. And if – that is true, and Baker Mayfield winds up having a better second half of the season than he does first half. Uh, I don't think you're going to see Odell ever wear brown and orange again, to be incredibly honest. I think this will mark the end of it. Um, I also think that this is going to be the, the telltale, you know, whether or not the Browns pick up Baker's fifth-year option, whether he gets anywhere near – he's not going to get anywhere near Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes kind of money. But, you know, he can still get in that $300 million range, if not $500 million. Um, so I think what, what we're about to see is, is going to be real, real interesting. Right. My, question about, my question about everything, and you can probably enlighten me more because you really do listen to your uh, Brown stuff. But was it – I mean, after having two decent games, and then wasn't he already just yapping the other day about wanting out? 
wasn't he saying that he wanted out of Cleveland again? And they were tired. This was like just before I heard it on, I think on Friday or Saturday before how, he got hurt. And I mean, how does he want out when he was in, four and one or whatever he was? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a long, it's the same thing with the tight end. And I, the tight end was reacting at the beginning of the season about wanting out. Then he had that touchdown at the beginning of the game. He got hurt. He came out. He grouched last week about wanting out. He throws him a touchdown. Now the guy's probably going to want to stay a couple more uh, weeks again because now he's getting the ball. But what I don't. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What I understand is that you know that the Browns, I mean, the Browns are the Browns. I, I get that. But you can tell that they're trying to make a team. And you can tell that they're trying to fix. And they're, they're having a good season. They're doing this. And do you really want some jackass on your team that's going to sit there and whine? I want more care. I want out. Of, I want off this team. Don't you just let them go and just say, okay, we're going to trade you for somebody else. We're going to get something else. Somebody that wants to be here. Somebody that wants to be the part of the team. These guys, they irritate me. They piss me off. So let me, let me just say, and I do agree, Aaron, with what you say. Um, and you've known me for a long time and, and what a diehard Cleveland sports fan that I am. Um, but you know that like, Nobody pays shit for attention to Cleveland sports unless there's a megastar in Cleveland. And the, the prime of that was LeBron James. And we've talked about this before. LeBron James made the entire city of Cleveland and all of their sports relevant by being in Cleveland. Um, originally, when the Browns traded for Odell Beckham, that was kind of the same thing. Odell was like our big-time star, and it was great because we don't get that, right? Michael Jordan never would have played for the Cavaliers, right? So all of a sudden now, like we got we got Beckham and we're happy and you know, we got national attention and spotlight and people like actually pay attention to Cleveland and their teams and their fans. But that was when he was picked up by John Dorsey in that in that trade that Dorsey got him for. He doesn't fit in Kevin Stefanski's system. He doesn't fit in a system where the ball spread around. I mean, you look at what Stefanski did last year with the Vikings. He's spreading the ball all over the place. He's running the ball more than 50%, right? I think the Vikings last year were fourth in, in rushing attempts, right? So you're never – like your Odell Beckham guys are never going to be happy. Now, I never heard he say anything about he wanted out, and I know the media was attacking him because he took his shoes off after that game against the right. Steelers when they were getting their, their brains beat in. But he, he hasn't said anything that was confirmed about wanting out. But I, I think that he probably does want out. He probably wants to go to a system where he's got a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees, where he's got a gunslinger of a quarterback. And he's also got a coach that's going to be calling the plays that are going to get him open. Uh, but but, uh, but he, doesn't, he does not fit in the Brown system at this moment in time with the type of receiver that he is and the type of plays that are being called. So, Well, what, can, what intrigues me is that, you know, Cleveland is third in the AFC North, five and two, right? They just lost to, like you said, Pittsburgh. So uh, I, 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 what, it, what confuses me is how a player wants to get out of a – I mean, like you've referenced before, Rudy, that 
you know, the team's won three, you know, they've won what, like 10 games in the last 15 years or whatever. But like, you know, you want out of a system because you're not getting the ball. That to me says that you're a greedy bastard and I don't want you on my team anyways. If you're not a team player, then go away and get it done. You don't hear DK talking about how he got two targets on, on Sunday. You don't hear uh, Tyler Lockett saying he didn't score three touchdowns on other, ga- on other games where he didn't, he didn't get the ball. It's a team effort. And when you're five and two, I mean, you know, where is the turmoil built here because you're just not getting the ball? Is that what Odell wants? I mean, okay, go to uh, wherever else and, and uh, get some targets but not have be on a winning team. Well, yeah. again, I, I, think it's, I think it's just speculation that he wants out because it's never been confirmed that he said that. But, but you just look at the kind of person that Odell is, right? People look at that type of, like, flashy, flamboyant, you know, wanting to be in the media, like – like they look at that and they assume, I think, that he wants out of there because he's not getting the targets. He's not getting the personal numbers. Now, you take Jarvis Landry, Jarvis and him are best friends. They talk about, you know, their their brothers. I mean, that, you know, live or die together. Right. Right, yeah. right. You know what I mean? But Jarvis is a guy that never complains about things like targets, never complains about yeah, things like that. Like, good. you know, mm-hmm. and these are two guys that are, that are as close as tight knit of men as you get without being blood. Right. And they're just two completely opposite people. Jarvis only wants to win. If you, <laughs> if you the, the heads up play would, where, where Jarvis got the tight end to line up on the line because that last, you know, the spike, that Baker had to stop the clock with 16 seconds left. I mean, they were lined up incorrectly and Jarvis isn't even looking for the ball. Jarvis is looking to make sure that people are lined up. Like he is the ultimate team guy. Yet his very best friend Odell is just kind of a, a selfish, you know, almost a, like a camera hog kind of dude. And I hate to say this because I mean, if he comes back to the Browns next year and starts catching one hand and passes in the end zone, I'm going to start, you know, you're going to think that it's the Seahawks and I'm you, you know, yeah. but I mean, I hear it, but, but just looking at it like, you know, you, you need a team full of Jarvis Landry's. You need a team full of Nick Chubbs. Uh, Kareem Hunt signed a three-year contract extension to be the number two, right? Mind you, he knows. He is a number one running back on almost any team in the entire league, and he signed a three-year, $12 million extension to stay in Cleveland and be a number two. Those are the kinds of people that you want on your team. Those are the kinds of people that are going to win you championships in time. So I hate to say anything bad about a guy that's, you know, probably under the knife right now as we speak, getting knee surgery done. But if, if Odell is really detracting from the team and you've got guys like Landry Hunt and Chubb, let's, let's roll with those guys and let's get, let's see what we can get in a trade next off season, you know, for a quasi healthy OBJ. So real quick, uh, if anybody else wants to chime in before we move on to week eight, maybe this will humble his ass and be like, you know what? Now he's got to work his ass off and get tough and get hard and maybe just keep his damn mouth shut. But, I'm, I mean, not keep his mouth shut because that's probably a little overboard. But that's, if that's the player you are, to be the player that – if, if that's the way you have to be to be the player that you are, then good for him. But if you're tearing apart your team – then that's a different story. So humbled, gets his surgery done, works his ass off, gets back. 
he'll get a shot even if he's not with Cleveland next year. If for some reason they don't get him, he'll get a shot somewhere. I, I don't doubt that. I don't think it's going to take him three years like it did Des Bryant to get back in or two years or however. But, uh, you know, let's see what happens. Big you yeah. want to say something? Well, yeah, no, I think you guys hit on most of the most of the points because um, I caught that uh, that last little uh, wave that he made a week and a half ago too, and I said these dudes are winning. What's going on? Um, so what I personally think is I'm telling you, same thing that Rudy was saying. That coach, this is his first year. He's building something, okay. And I'm thinking that my man is seeing that his play type doesn't necessarily fit the script okay because you can't be winning and still want to get the ball when you lost once okay right just because you lost once now you feel like you need to be involved more um and i think the 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 writing's on the wall in that situation i mean he's not the same 21 year old dude who was catching balls over his head six years ago and we have to we can't we have to remember that that was six years ago okay and that was Eli Manning, okay? The, uh, you know, I mean, the, 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 the guy, he ain't playing. He's throwing it to anybody and anybody, and they're making miraculous situations. He's the miraculous playmaker. Um, <laughs> right. But um, I think he, he sees the, that the writing's on the wall. It's just super crazy unfortunate, man, that he caught this ACL, and that ACL ain't going to bring you back next year. He's missing next year for sure. So now you come back and it's Not in the 20. day and age of this type of medicine they got going on. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. Look, Kevin Durant and uh, and uh, what's my man plays for the Warriors? Thompson. Durant had uh, an Achilles. Okay. Thompson had an ACL. Missed a whole, whole season. Okay. He was ready and to come back. About, they just didn't want him to play. And we're talking about a sport that is heavily reliant on all of the – a lot more, I think, pressure start and stop situations. I know he's a wide receiver and all of that. But um, still, straight line speed is a little bit – you know, you got a lot of stuff to deal with there. And I am not as, you know, uh, excited thinking that he's going to get picked up by somebody like that. Because look at what we just was throwing uh, dirt on Julio Jones' grave uh, not too long ago. And they're, you know, he will, he's going to be in that same spot at that time coming back off of this injury. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I hope he does, man. But I, I think he just needs to start trying to get into media or something because I think it's going to be a wrap. All he's got left is his personality. He needs to start now. You can't you can't compare Julio Jones to Odell Beckham. Julio Jones seventy six years old, and Odell Beckham is twenty six. Okay, so what I'm saying is, by the time he comes back from this, I don't see him. If he plays next year, it ain't gonna be at peak performance off of a knee. He ain't Adrian Peterson. Okay, there's only so many people that are like that that just bounce back after crazy situations like that. Um, because first of all, I don't think he has the cajones to go out there and work like that and to come back and do all of that. He might because he's overly concerned about his name and who he is, but um, I just don't think so. So, you know, who's going to pick? Look at Des. He didn't do anything wrong to anybody, but he is on practice squad. Okay, so you come back after an injury like that, how many wide receivers we've seen that are not around no more? 
Okay, some play for the Seahawks. Just weren't around no more after an injury. Yeah, well, maybe this, that makes you sense. Know what I'm talking about. Maybe this becomes a uh, blessing in disguise for him, right? Like, you know, maybe maybe it is a long road back and costs him the rest of this year. And if the Browns make the playoffs, this costs him a spot in the playoffs, which he's never made, right? And uh, and then maybe, you know, he comes back out next year, misses half the season, but kind of comes back. And, and maybe it's with a renewed sense of, I'm grateful to be a football player. I'm fortunate to be in the position that I am. And maybe it changes things. And uh, and like, you know, so, like, like you said, Pingo, like maybe it kind of brings it back down to earth. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I feel for the guy because, I mean, he, he, can, he can be electric. I mean, look at that run against the Cowboys. Look at that game against the Cowboys. Like, that's the beauty of having – we talked about the, the negative about – about always having your quarterback looking for Odell. But when Odell has an Odell-type game like he did against Dallas, that, that's like lightning in a bottle. That happens, boom, when that happens. You're watching, you're watching something special. And his performance against the Cowboys was special. Yes, sir. My, well, my, whole, thing, my whole thing is it's – you try to give these guys the benefit of the doubt because we, we want to see the special wide receiver. We want to see the special guy. But look at Brown. He's, he does, he's done nothing since. He's done nothing but cause problems when he jumped from the Raiders to the, you know, Seattle to wherever, the Des Bryants, the, uh, the Josh Gordons. The, uh, even you said something the other day about uh, the guy, the Gregory from uh, Dallas. I mean, these guys just, they have their own thing in their head and you can't stop them from, wanting to be I don't know if it's the best player on the field or think that 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 their person or they think that they're better than everybody else or whatever but I mean how many years have we went through fantasy football saying okay I'm going to give this guy one more shot and I'm going to do this and he just he just he doesn't want to I think he wants to they want to be somebody else they don't want to be that top they want to be the top football player but they don't want to put in the work maybe maybe like what you're saying I thought and maybe you're in Peter's thing because he doesn't, you know, he's physically and he looks good, but is he ready for the game? Is he putting the time in? I mean, I was flabbergasted on uh, Michael Vick when they, when last, a couple years ago when they came out and said, he did, he never knew how to read a defense. I mean, the guy is a phenomenal physical specimen, but he never wanted to read a defense, never knew how to run in for his life was the best thing that he can do. And he did come back and give himself a couple more good years. But I just wonder if these guys that, that we expect like the Odell Beckham because I've given him his chance. I, I heard the other day that he didn't even want to go to the Browns and that's what he was so upset about. And he hasn't really put it in because when he was, he was forced to go to the Browns with that trade and he doesn't really care. And he's all he's, I felt like all he's really tried to do is get away from the Browns and stay at the Browns. So Odell went to the Browns first play. before Landry, right? No, no. Landry no, was there the year before. Yeah. Landry and, and got think, there. And they both got traded, by the way. They both got traded from their teams to the Browns, and they both felt like, especially Jarvis came out and said it, that it was punishment. Like his coach was like – I can't remember the coach of the Dolphins at the time that, or the, whoever was the GM that mm -hmm. traded Landry. But it was like, it was like punishment. Oh, you, you don't want to fit in here? You're not happy here? Fuck you. I'll trade you to the Browns. Right. And, and all of a sudden, Jarvis that goes was to the Browns. That was always the way to go. Jarvis goes to the Browns and may never wear another uniform again. I mean, he's fitting in and, and he's, he's a part of our culture as, as what they talk about changing the culture of the Browns from, from losers to winners. 
but, and but, same, thing, but he's, same thing with Odell. Odell came in and, and he felt like he was being punished. And, uh, and it, took, it, it took Odell over a year to finally come to mental terms with the fact that he was traded to the Browns. How but the hell did we just I mean, spend like 15 minutes talking about the goddamn Cleveland Browns, for God's sakes? <laughs> yeah. You got to let it flow. It's got to come natural, man. You gotta it's, let, it's not the, Browns. the conversation roll. It's not the Browns we're talking about. We're talking about the egotistical wide receiver that thinks he's better than everybody else. It's not about Dude. the Browns. It's about how these guys do. get these head in their system and think they're better I, than I, everybody else and not a team player. I do want to say, I'd like to say that there is a difference between Odell and uh, and uh, AB. I think AB a. is, is oh, deep down. He's, yeah, he's we're a, gonna, he's a, yeah. He, he is not a good, nice person. He, I, think, I think his his soul is dark. Uh, I think that Odell is flashy and you know likes to likes to you know have the spotlight. But as as men, I, I don't think that the two compare because they're both like sort of like high profile wide receivers. Odell's a lot more like Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. It's still nice guys, good guys. Um, I don't think that AB's a good guy, but. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't think dude is a good cat neither, but he, he shows that he puts in the work. He came out of nowhere to be who he is. And, of course, with the kingmaker Ben Roethlisberger, king of all wide receiver makers um, over there. And uh, But, no, I think that the league a couple years back, and it was started with T.O. and Ocho Cinco since you brought those dudes up, and was like, the coaches, teams was like, we ain't playing with this. Now, I know they didn't get together and get in a meeting and say all of this, but I'm telling you, it looked like all of a sudden the league was like, we're not having none of this foolishness with none of these guys, and all of them were starting to get ostracized and pushed further and further away from the league. It was harder for them to catch on to another team, things like this, and I was just like, I just looked at it and go, okay, Let's grind it out. They wanted players that will put in the work because football contracts ain't guaranteed. You got to work. Well, gee, many Christmas, y'all. We didn't even get into week eight yet, but we will, uh, we will get into week eight here right now. Um, so, everyone come back for the next uh, 30. But Rudy, you got to go save some lives. Must be a quiet day over there in uh, – Yorktown, Pennsylvania, hey, or wherever the hey, hell you are. Hey, we, we, don't, hey, we don't use that word. We do not uh, use that word, sir. <laughs> Uh-oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I just jinxed the all, shit out of you. All, all is how it should be. All is how it should be. Everybody's like safe and profit is doing well. Oh, my bad. I might have just fucked shit up on that one. All right, y'all. We're going to get to week eight in a second. Go get – good. Why you got two minutes – Wash your hands. It takes 25 seconds, right, Aaron Jones? Uh, 25 seconds. Wear your mask and uh, get another Michelob Ultra. Uh, man, I really need that sponsorship. Uh, Chris <coughs> underscore Donovan on Twitter. Yeah, for uh, real. We really do. Um, but uh, we'll be back in a second. Get some merch. Wear that mask. Wash your damn hands. And then we're going to get into some week eight and uh, some power rankings and something, uh, you know, some uh, game talk and we'll probably get on a tangent again about that too but we'll be back one sec we'll see you in two minutes brought us for more podcasts videos and content go to this is you're listening to your weekly sports fix with sticks all right let's roll 
we got NFL Week 8. Uh, let's hit the – well, we, first of all, we have the announced big homie back. We have uh, Rudy yes, back. We have Aaron Jones back. Um, man, we got a little tangent last last uh, half seg, but that's all good. That's how it does. That's how we roll. We just get into it and let it flow, right, baby? All Freestyle. Right. <laughs> Freestyle, let's do it. <clears throat> we have um, – so I want to go through – let's just hit the top five power rankings real quick and uh, see if any of your teams have changed after the last couple uh, – last week or so. I'm going to roll. I know Anonymous Big Homie put his out there on Twitter, um, and I believe this is what I put down. I might have changed it. I don't know if I did or not. But um, So I got uh, KC, Pitt, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and I left Seattle at five, and I probably very well could have dropped them a little bit but um, just because I'm disappointed in their defense. So I got KC, Pitt, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, just because they've been playing really well um, on point right now. So, I mean, once Tom Brady gets hot and he keeps, he starts rolling, then, you know, I don't know how much you can, uh, you can drop them. I think you got to move them up, even though um, For sure. they're, they're just that good. So anybody else, what you got on top five? No, hey, I'm right there with you, man. Like I said, um, right now, uh, I swear I wanted to have Tampa Bay fourth and have four or five virtually be tied and have Green Bay sitting in six um, with Seattle sitting in five. Because I think right now, regardless of where you slice them, I think I feel the same way about the possibilities for the Seahawks as I do about the damn Buccaneers right now. Tom Brady, he's putting it together. And it's going to be real interesting to see what happens with two wide receivers, one that's super gimpy always, and then Godwin is in and out. I don't know what he's doing. And that's the dude who I put Lockett in for in fantasy oh, last week, right, by the way. That's right. That's what it was. Um, Godwin had and, a finger uh, surgery today, right? Yeah, and he's out for the next game. So, you know. What a, what a timing on, on Antonio Brown signing, but they still don't have Antonio you. for two weeks. But this is a, exactly what it was, was Antonio Brown was a, 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 a segue or a safe a, – a COVID a COVID signing, basically. But yeah. now you get an injury. So, sorry. No, I think he's going to be what replaces the, you know, the lack of production from Mike Evans – It'll be him. I mean, I'd like to see Mike Evans because he's such a tall cat, man, and those is rare. But I mean, he just – I don't know. Tom Brady's not looking for him. So it's going to be A.B., my man Scotty Brooks. <laughs> I don't even know if that's his name. Okay. Scotty Brooks. And, he was a uh, play for the Houston Rockets. And that's what I'm saying. He was a coach back in the day. But, yeah, um, and, uh, and and Gronk, I mean, because of the familiarity is now showing itself on what Gronk likes yeah, to do. Yeah, Gronk is coming back right now. Yep. You're starting to see that he's getting into the groove of what he likes to do. Rudy or Aaron, you guys got a top five or any changes or best team? KC, anybody disagree with that? Put Baltimore up there a little bit. What do you think? So, yeah, so I definitely want Baltimore in there. Uh, I'm going to change my hometown pick to go to my actual hometown and I'll talk about Baltimore or Pittsburgh when that time comes. But I think it's, it's definitely gotta be uh, Casey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Seattle. 
up there in the in the top six. Um, I think uh, I think it's just going to be real telling what happens in this game here, and we'll talk about that later. Coming but, up, yeah. But yeah, coming up this week, the game the game of the week. I mean, it should be Monday Night Football, but but uh, so it, it it's good stuff. And then the thing I want to say is, I read something yesterday that said that uh, basically, like Tom Brady is kind of ending that debate whether it's Tom versus Bill. Right, the goat versus Belichick, like you know who's <laughs> right. who's the one. I mean, you know, I, I just think it's so cool that Brady comes out and gets pounded, looks looks foolish in his first week, but it was just that his first week with no off season, with no you know preseason games, and now don't give him time to figure it out. Dude's, dude's in form and, and he's showing he's showing everybody you know what what Tom Brady is capable of, and, and I kind of I'm kind of enjoying it, you know, watching it. And I'm not a big Michigan fan, and you know. Obviously, that's where Tom is from, but but I'm enjoying what he's doing, coming out and standing alone and, and showing that maybe it's not Belichick. I, I agree 100%. I think we kind of discussed that earlier, too, or one of the other times is because, you know, obviously when he was with New England, I hated him. But, I mean, you can't fault the guy for going somewhere else and making a making his own name. And, hey, maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. But he's not playing bad, so I can't – you know, I'm not faulting uh, Mr. Brady at all. But let's get into real quick. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say about tonight's game. Atlanta at Carolina. Carolina's favored at uh, a minus, uh, minus one and a half. Uh, I, 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 uh, I think this is an easy Carolina win, and I'll take the one and a half all day. So why did the line go from three on two minus three? Because oh, yeah. they thought. They thought McCaffrey was coming back, but he's not. But they don't need McCaffrey for this game. They thought McCaffrey was going to be available tonight, but he's not available. McCaffrey coming off of injuries worth a point and a half. Yeah, easy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, oh yeah, I have McCaffrey on on one of my fantasy leagues. I mean, I, I started off four and zero, oh, and uh, he goes down, and suddenly I'm four and three, and probably going to be four yeah, and four. I mean, he's he's worth a ton of points. Uh, not only fantasy wise, but he's worth a ton of carries, a ton of yards. Uh, yeah, I, he definitely sways that that line. And and I think when you look at it, though, I mean, what they got now nine days after today, so they're going to rest him. I look for him to be back in nine days, and for him to to transform that offense again, like what he does. Um, side note: Did you guys see his little brother play for the the Cornhuskers? Aaron, like that dude, first touch freshman year, right? He goes out and. 60 some odd yard run like no, no, man, not, it's not his, it, it is not his freshman year he played last year for us oh he, did he, uh, he back, man yeah, that... he backed up a bunch uh he backed up a bunch i think the one i think the one brother that was in michigan and left i think he was a uh, yeah i think he was a junior this year and then a sophomore i'll tell you for their dad being a, a defensive player right like oh, uh, wide receiver no, well, no, yeah, no right oh, that's you're right. right. That's right. Why Broncos, you're baby. right. You're right. Yeah. Well, man, his, his boys, his boys know how to carry the rock. I'll man. tell you what. Easy Ed McCaffrey, baby. So, Anonymous Big Homie, why you disagree with the the Carolina Easy cover tonight? Well, no, that just I mean that that point and a half on my, Tuesday morning is at minus three. That is good. I already I had Carolina with the minus three. Okay, um, but I don't know. That just gives me a little bit of cause to pause, knowing that you know 
I only have I have uh, Carolina two points better than them. I have Carolina the 18th uh, best team and the uh, Falcons are the 25th best team. Um, but, I, I mean, that's only because Atlanta's been losing in the most horrible ways. It's not like they haven't been getting it, okay? And what was one of their losses? The same game a couple weeks back. Um, I don't know. Now, uh, now I'm recalculating everything that I'm thinking. But I, I had Carolina when I saw the original line. So, I mean, one and a half, hey, it is what it is. I- I just I, – I don't know reason why I keep going back to Atlanta, and I have no idea. I mean, because they're junk just like Dallas. I mean, for the most part. I mean, they're giving up these easy games. And I told you last week Atlanta was going to come back and win just because of the whole coach. Uh, they fire the coach, they win the game, coach the change. next game they come back and they lose. I just – I think that they still have a little bit of heart. Julio's been playing a little bit. I still think, you know, everything's kind of going their way. I mean – Carolina really hasn't been. They've been winning the games that they're not supposed to and losing the games that they, you know, should win. They, they, I can't remember. I have to pull up their schedule. But it just doesn't seem like they really care too much either. I'm a Bridgewater fan. I think I, I root for that guy because he's always had those horrible leg incidences and he's came back and he still fights. And, he's, you know, he's still trying to be a quarterback in the league. I think he's good. I just don't know if they have a team around them without an awesome running back like uh, – I think once they get McCaffrey back, I think it's a different story. I think he starts looking better. I think Atlanta – I mean, Atlanta proven that they can score. They score on everybody right now. It's just if they could tie their loose ends at the end of the game. You you can never discount Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is a legitimate franchise quarterback. He's put up big numbers for years and years and years. He still has gas left in the tank, and he's got Julio Jones to throw to. And Calvin I mean, right, Ridley, baby. I would, I would never ever touch that game. If I was betting it, I'd just keep moving on. Only I would and just I think say it, that it, over. If if I had right, and if I had to bet it, because let's let's you know it's Thursday night and we just bet Thursday nights, I'd probably take Atlanta and just figure that like at some point in time, Atlanta and their fans and their system and everyone is just going to be sick of these horrible, stupid losses. And they're going to come out, and they're just going to—they're going to stuff them. And I wouldn't be surprised if tonight's the night. All right, we're going to. Oh, sorry, we're going to get into uh, with the sake of time. I know we're going to get on a tangent here with a few of these games, but I just want to run through something real quick. Uh, New England at Buffalo is Buffalo going to be shitty again? It's minus three mm. and a half Buffalo at home, but the weather is going to be absolutely atrocious. I heard this will be like 50 mile an hour winds and bullshit in Buffalo. Um, 41 and a half right now. It's probably going to go down. Obviously I it might even hit 38 or something here pretty soon. Um, but Man, the that's not, to be all terrible. of that weather business is nothing new to either one of these teams. Let's get to the coaching and the play situation. <laughs> Who's going to be shittier, Buffalo or New England? That's the question. I mean, New I England hasn't scored in the shitty five Buffalo, weeks. but neither one. New England hasn't scored in five weeks. Their best game was against Seattle uh, here in Seattle. So, um, yeah, that game is pretty much pointless. Don't even care about that one anymore. Buffalo's dead to me. Um, I just – What? I just feel like uh, – like the Cam Newton, I guess I, brought it, I bring it up every time about getting punched in the mouth with Denver. I think people weren't realizing that the first couple of games. 
and now they're starting to punch him in the mouth and not letting him run. And he can't, you know, he, I don't know if his arm died and he can't throw like he was doing, or it's just because they don't have any wide receivers. I don't know. I just, ever since that, that Super Bowl, the guy hasn't really ever been a throw pass. He, he's been, he's struggled ever since that Super Bowl. And I just, and I don't well, know. Well, he doesn't have any wide receivers in New England. Or it's a wide receiver. That's it, or it's a wide receiver. It has no wide receivers there. Tom Brady never had wide receivers neither. Exactly. So let's move on from that game. Nobody cares. Um, we'll go to Indy and Detroit. Speaking of nobody cares. But um, Indy and Detroit's at 50 right now. That's an easy over for all you out there uh, listening because I'm telling you right now, both those teams can score. Yeah, both those teams can score 25 points. You ain't like uh, a damn thing, man. I'm trying to tell you. Over 50, though, dog. You can't, you can't right. disrespect the over 50. That's an easy lock. We'll, we'll talk offline later because we're going to butt heads about this one. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to agree with me. Uh, Minnesota, Green Bay. Green Bay's favored by seven. Um, I don't know about that, even though Minnesota's trash. Um, but let's, <laughs> um, let's get into this one real quick. Before we go on to a couple, well, yeah, I know we have something to say about this. We were talking on the group chat earlier yesterday about the minus 19 and a half that Kansas City <laughs> is favored by against the New York Jets. Woo! 49 over under, minus 19 and a half. And Anas Big Homie knows this last week when I said the Jets, I said last week the Jets were a 10 point underdog. And I was hell-bent on taking uh, Buffalo to cover the 10 points because New York was so bad. Well, Buffalo didn't cover. They only won by eight in a terrible game. So, Mm -hmm. does the Jets cover 19 and a half? I mean, that's a big point spread. Hell no. That opened opened at uh, 21, and they've already bet it down a point and a half. So a lot of people are thinking, no, they're not. I mean, yes, they're covering that. I mean, two weeks ago when you talked crap about the Jets, and I didn't realize that uh, what's his name was uh, was the quarterback, and they brought Donald back last week, and they they played a little better ball last week. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kansas City also against Denver were beating them up a little bit, and they stopped. They stopped playing. They brought in the fourth quarterback. They did all they, – they, 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 you know, they get that – they got that big league and said, okay, we don't have to do this anymore. So, do they do that at halftime? Because everybody's really talking about Dak Prescott getting hurt and all these guys getting hurt playing garbage time. Do they, they don't want to lose They said, okay, we're, we don't need to go anymore. You know, we're good. We can sit, sit back and relax. New York Jets plus 19 and a half, baby. Are the Jets pulling it together? Okay, so they, before last week versus uh, the Bills, uh, they were owing everything ATS. Okay, they couldn't cover a damn thing. So they cover once. Are they putting it together? Is this the beginning of something? Or no Le'Veon Bell distraction? Or was that the bump in the road for them to get fully smoked? Okay. Uh, I just saw something this morning about slight possibilities. They're trading off the kid that they picked first round uh, uh, on the D line, uh, and Brandon they're Williams. trying to defu- diffuse whether or, or Leonard not. Williams. Leonard Williams. No, Gwinnett. Or Leonard James, Williams. Or, no, no. Nah. The he's, Quentin he's Williams. Gone already. The other Quentin. Williams. They, 
No, it's yeah. Quinn. He's talking about yeah, they're the talking Quinn. about trading Quinn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought he got yeah. traded there. Uh, I don't know. Are they in that in the mode of you know cut cut losses and you know get into the uh, you know well they they're already in Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes and we can talk about that another day. He's trying to put the Eli Manning on right now, which I love. Okay, uh, but uh, but yeah. So are they burning the house down or was that the beginning of something? That's what I want to know. And I last that other week, I just said, you know what. KC cover everything, okay? I just don't see that anybody's doing anything, especially these jokers, especially these jokers. They're in the bottom third in defense, uh, and then you're going to run KC at them. Yeah, this ain't going – this is not going to look pretty. This is going to be one that I'm going to want to watch, especially in KC, even though with no fans or all of that. But um, I've looked to see what the weather is. Um, But the track should be clear for them to run away. And if they do run out uh, the kid to play the second half because they ran up the score, I see their defense will hold it down enough. And the defense is starting to put it together some in KC because at the beginning of the year, I was telling, shoot, anybody can get the points they want against KC's D. KC just has to outscore them. Um, but that's not been the case the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still, I'm on the bandwagon of KC cover everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we talked about earlier is we've always wanted to take the over and KC covering. And then they, you know, didn't do that well in the game two, but. Um, wow. Uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, that's going to be a great one. Baltimore's favored by three and a half right now. That's, uh, at home. Um, that's going to be a a good game to watch, uh, for the sake of time. I know we got to talk about a few games. Let's talk about the lonely, uh, Denver Broncos first LAC chargers. Justin, that boy Herbert. Good. Going to go roll into Denver. And uh, pick them apart. Young uh, Herb. Don't have any line on this one, Aaron. So, um, what do you got about the Broncos and the, and the Chargers? Anything good? Yeah, let us know. I – oh, crap. I just exited out. I had them at minus uh, – what was it? Minus uh, – opened at pick them, and now it's at a minus three. Three. Um, yeah. And it opened at 45 over under. Uh, I haven't really looked into it too much. I mean – just disappointing. I mean, it's it's just the team. I mean, you come in and you feel like you, you might have maybe had a chance against Kansas City. I mean, not a chance. I mean, Raiders beat them, so you still think there's always a possibility of coming in and doing something. And then that game, when uh, we were talking about taking the over-under on that game, and it went way over. So, uh, I don't know. I just uh, – the quarterback needs a lot of uh, – they need a lot of work, and then they're still down throughout the whole entire uh, – you know, the team-wise, you're your best defensive player, your best offensive uh, wide receiver. Uh, there's still speculation. I didn't hear of anything. I didn't look at the uh, injury report, but I know Lindsey left the game the other day, and he seems like he's running that uh, – Melvin Gordon back? A little harder. He, he did play last week, but Lindsey was, like, running the whole team. I mean, he was looking great. He was doing everything left and right, and he hurt himself again. So, like I said, I haven't went back and checked to see if he's playing yet. Do you have a uh, home you know, play of the week? Your boys got in the top ten defense, though. I mean, the only thing that I would lay on, I mean, it's what they keep doing is the under. I think with the Seattle's defense being as good as they are, and uh, I mean, obviously, I, I I don't have the number on this right at the moment, 
Denver can't make a touchdown. I don't think they've made a touchdown at least two weeks. You know, they're mm-hmm. only kicking these uh, he's kicking these field field goals left and right. So I I definitely like the uh, the under. I think that they will give it a rookie quarterback uh, in Herbert. I think they'll give him a little bit of crap. I think that they'll be hitting him a little bit uh, and making him run around. So yeah, I would like the under if I was to bet this game. Herbert's gonna throw for 400 yards and it's gonna hit. Yeah, the good over. luck. With, good luck with that. Uh, Rudy, your Cleveland Browns minus two and a half. Is this what you wanted to talk about earlier? No, actually, no. Actually, no. Actually, no. Yeah. Baltimore. Said, yeah, let's go back. Yeah, my ball. my hometown, my hometown pick because I am I am in the uh, in the Baltimore viewing area. Um, I am going to pick the uh, uh, the Ravens to beat the Steelers, and that's going to turn. Uh, basically the division on its ear. It's amazing right now. I mean, you think about the Browns being five and two and being in third place. You read that off earlier on the last segment, like five and two and in third place, because you got these two juggernauts, right? So I'm calling this right now. The, uh, the Ravens are going to beat the Steelers uh, outright. I don't know about covering. I don't care about covering at this point in time. They're going (laughs) to beat the Steelers outright. Going to make another division. And this is, and, and this, this is going to be a story, man. Like, this is going to be the story. I, right now, you got the Steelers are the only undefeated team left. They're on a roll. Roethlisberger is playing as well as he ever has. And they're going to get smacked right in the mouth by the Ravens. And, uh, and, and man, that's going to be the talk. That's going to be the talk of football. This time next week, we're going to be having these conversations about who's legit, the Ravens or the Steelers, both, you know, AFC championship. I mean, we're going to find out from there. Uh, the Browns game, just to, to tip off that, I think I, I was trying to look up earlier the amount of what the amount of passing touchdowns record is for a game. <laughs> there uh, we go. And I think I think that both uh, both of these defenses are horrible against yes, the sir. pass. Uh, I think you're going to see. I'll say plus or minus if we were to, to take the uh, to take the prop bet, plus or minus seven touchdowns in the air, uh, not counting rushing touchdowns. But I think that you very well could see either Carr or Baker throw for four and the other one throw for three, uh, if not more, probably another combined 700-plus passing yards. I mean, like, it's, it's like just going to be – like you called with Dak and, and Baker. Right. Like, dudes are going to be – you know, quarterbacks are going to be sitting in their press conferences with ice on their shoulders and elbows like baseball pitchers because they're going to be throwing 70 passes like balls in the air. It's going to be – it's going to be insane. So, put those down as my two picks. But I will I say it. that – uh I will say that that you know being being a, a Vegas kid, born and raised in Vegas, and you know up until the the point in time that I left, I mean there were no professional sports with the exception of the the first year Vegas Golden Knights. But now all of a sudden, every time I see that the Browns were playing the Las Vegas Raiders, like oh, seeing that, and seeing you can't that even phrase, be the, there either. You would be there. Well, it's in Cleveland. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, it's in Cleveland. That's it's right. in Cleveland. That's right. And yep. and and we and that it was discussed that you know back before COVID, like if they, we knew that we knew who they were playing, we just didn't know where and when. Uh, if they were playing that game in Vegas, we were going to try to go. Um, and we're still talking about going to a game next year during our annual uh, or biannual every two year Thanksgiving trip back to Vegas. So, uh, Jonesy, we might be needing to look for. For ten football tickets at some point in time next year. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you guys are go big, but, man. But yeah, I'll tell you anyway. This thing could be, you know, another one of those high-scoring games. 
Another another game where over, both teams baby, score. Over. Yeah, another game. Both teams will score close to thirty points, if not one of them over. Um, so let's go. We'll go Browns thirty three and the Raiders twenty seven. Just to just to throw some specific numbers out there, we'll see how close I can come to that. Thirty three twenty seven. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. I, I think, like it. I okay, think this has the to over. be a game. I think this yep. is a game that the Raiders have to win. I think everybody's talking here already. All these Raider fans are already talking about getting rid of Carr. They're already about done with his uh, inconsistencies and is you know just not being a consistent quarterback. And Gruden. I mean, we all know Gruden kind of talked about getting rid of him and just kind of held on because I think everybody thinks because of the money they spent that they should hold him for another year. But He's I think got Mariota waiting in his wings. I think he has to win this. I think Raiders have to win this game. I'm not saying that they're going to, but I think the Raiders, for for them to to make it to the playoffs, which they think they're going to make it, they have to win this game. So we'll see. Well, they're going to have to neutralize Miles Garrett. Uh, and that's going to be very quick, three-step, five-step drop passes, get rid of that ball. Because if he's not getting rid of that ball on time, he's going to have Miles Garrett, like, literally in his uniform. They're going to be two dudes wearing one set of shoulder pads. <laughs> so, I mean, like, and that that's the thing is, and, and that that does make the Browns susceptible to getting beat because their linebacking core is not that good. So you're talking, you know, three-step, five-step drops and little seven-foot passes or seven-yard passes, and then, you know, trying to get a few more yards after the catch. That is how you beat the Browns' defense. And, and so it's possible. It's going to be – it's going to be good. I will say that, you know, a little shout-out to the NFL Sunday ticket on DirecTV, but – I've been a customer for years, and, and I'm going to watch that Browns game. Um, but I'm going to miss the the Steelers-Ravens game because I'll be wasting my time watching the Browns, which is basically how I've wasted my life since 1990-whenever. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I will watch that game. And so if you all want to throw out a couple of text messages, I'll be uh, – You'll be, be watching this one. So. Okay. Yep. I like to hear. I never know if you're watching it. So – we're going to get to the uh, damn uh, Rams. And the this is very in, in, exciting for me because I believe uh, Tua is starting for the Dolphins. Oh, and, you would believe right. And that poor guy has to go against Aaron Donald, just like Alex Smith did uh, in his debut back. So, uh, and I was big homie. I know you're a man of a lot of words, but you got about uh, – three and a half minutes, maybe five minutes if you're lucky. Um, but I'm excited to watch this game too with uh, Tua coming in uh, to make his debut in the NFL. And we can go on forever about Tua and, and what we think and how we think. But how's this game going to work out for your Los Angeles Rams on off big homie? Man, this is going to be the, this is going to be one of the hype games of the week. We're talking about uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, and a lot of things being on the line um, so people can find out who teams really are. Um, but second uh, to only that is this game and the de- debut of Tua. Um, and everybody's been waiting for this, thinking that, okay, the reason why we tanked is now taking snaps. Okay, so here they go. And what do they decide to do? put an apple in his mouth, and these ain't Polynesian disses or nothing, but put an apple on his mouth and spread them out on the table for Aaron Donald. Oh, this is the wrong thing to do right now, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I see the way that I've been watching my boys play and being 100% honest about the situation, this is definitely an under game because, for one, um, Tua's um, 
uh, lack of familiarity with the game speed, things like this. Um, uh, not to Miles mention, Gaskin game. Well, okay, well that is that was just gonna say that. That's one of my points is if uh, they can establish a run game, that's the one success that you can have is running right at Aaron Donald. You try to get cute. Um, and you end up like Nick Foles, okay? I was going to say, like, Chicago ran last week against Aaron Donald, like, three plays in a row. What the hell were they thinking? Yeah, so um, that's what you do. Um, I, like I said, I think right now, last I saw on the early uh, – well, I guess it was Tuesday morning line, we were sitting at 46. Um, uh, but even if you go down to 45, yeah, it's still safe to go under in that one. I got the Rams 23-19. Uh, this is the game for fantasy owners who have been pissed off, wanting to cut them the whole nine. This is the game where Cooper Cup gets a touchdown, gets on the board for y'all in that situation. Makes me feel good about him being on the team and being that possession receiver. I know that he could be, but the stars, the defense comes through with a double-double with cheese, okay? Like they got it from in and out. Aaron Donald, two sacks. The rest of the defense, two more sacks, and two interceptions. Okay, Tua is yeah, well, not, a turnover battle. Tua is not Russell Wilson. Tua is not Kyler Murray. If y'all watch any of the old Alabama games, he's not breaking out and getting out there uh, and and getting his uh, Michael Vick on. That's not happening. Okay, he's not. If I would, I would challenge you guys right now. One, two, three, if uh, you had, knowing what you know right now and knowing what you have from Tua, Herbert, Burrow, Tua. Tua's number three the whole time if you took him, if you had to redraft the situation, okay? Tua's going to be number three the whole time. These other boys are not only a threat to get out when they're shook, okay, but the accuracy is all good. We don't even know what we've got right now with Tua. I'll say they, they did the right thing. Get out there. Let's see what he has. But this is the wrong team for starting out with, okay? Um, the only other team you could have started out with worse would probably be the, the Steelers. Um, but they just laid him out ready. But I hope he has a, a decent showing so they don't just, you know, ruin his whole cycle. From away, right. From the very beginning. I hope he has a, a decent showing, you know, and that and takes control of the offense. But um yeah, this is a mid season first start. If they would have started him from the beginning of the season and I saw a little bit more and maybe if he were equal, equal to young Herb uh, and Burrow at this point, I'd probably have a whole different conversation right now. I'd probably say maybe I would think the Rams might be in a little bit of trouble um, if he's performed like those other two guys, but he has, we don't know. Nobody so, knows what he's like. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't know what we got. So uh, I said, this is going to be another boring one for everybody thinking that the Rams are a juggernaut. Cause I just realized last week we're playing like, you know, first half and then we sit on it. I I think it's funny because I, I kind of laughed at you a couple weeks ago when you said talked about Donald and uh, beating up on uh, old what's-his-name from the Washington, and I uh, I kind of laughed about that, thinking, oh, it's not going to be that bad. But you got a kid here that has a, a, a bad knee, and then you're going to put him out. You are putting him out to the Wolves, and I just hope I kick that it doesn't ruin his career or whatever. And, I you know, I do agree. I agreed after, after that time making fun of you last time saying that. And they beat up him. I just, I, 
I just feel I feel really I would I don't I don't think I'm gonna watch a game. I just I don't want to see him break the hip or a knee and be done for his career because they want to get him out and couldn't wait one more game or you know I understand they're professionals but it just it just makes me cringe. It just makes me just oozy inside worried about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun to to find out how he does. I don't know, you know, just like we cringed with Alex Smith getting out there. Hopefully, too, it doesn't get himself in trouble trying to think he's faster than he is because he ain't outrunning our Aaron Donald because he's not that fast. Um, yeah, that's not even his. That's not way. even his bag. That's the worst part about no. it. If this was a young cat that played like Kyler Murray or uh, Lamar Jackson, I'd go whatever. Throw him out there. He's good. Yeah, this dude is like Statue of Liberty. And look what so, happened when he tried to roll out playing for Alabama and get on his horse. This is what got them all broke up. Yep. So let's get into the uh, San Francisco at Seattle. Seattle's only a – all right, Aaron. Thanks for coming on, man. We're closing it out anyway, so appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Thanks, buddy. Peace. Um, so Seattle is a three-point favorite at home. The over-under is 54. You know I hate the overs or the unders, but uh, I'm going to go out. This one's going <laughs> to be interesting, be, too. I'm going to be a very um, uh, negative. This is going to be a very negative uh, homie hometown play of the week. I'm back to my hometown. You know what time it is. You know what a real is. It's time for those homie hometown plays of the week early. Let's go. I'm going with my homie hometown play of the week as Jason Myers going to kick five field goals. So he's has like three the entire year, but he's going to kick five uh, uh, at home with uh, against San Francisco. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say the Seahawks defense can get at least two sacks um, in this game. I still obviously going to pick them to win. I don't know if they win by three. I think it's going to be one of those low-scoring 24-21 uh, if we're lucky. Uh, might be 20-17 to 17 with these two teams, uh, San Francisco and Seattle. Um, but in this game, as much as I like the overs, I'm going to take the under. And, you know, I think Russell this Wilson is, just, This is the spot where you take an under? This is the spot where I take the under yeah. if I was going to play this game. The 49ers are in the mortuary. Uh, their whole squad is in the mortuary. The offense is in the mortuary. Defense is in the mortuary. And you have a top three, four offense, and you're telling me this is your underspot. Right now, this is my underspot due to the fact that it's a division game and they're coming off that wow. shootout in Arizona. Even though all the Seattle running backs are hurt, I don't even know if they're going to have a running back to actually 100% healthy on set on Sunday. Homer. So, Homer's probably the only one. Oh, no, he was on the – excuse me, he was on the injury report too. I think it was oh, DJ – DJ Dallas was the only healthy running back. So, oh. so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Carson probably sit this one out. Carlos Hyde might play, but he's got a hammy. Um, you know how hammies are. He'll they're play. rough. So, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot for the homie hometown play of the week. I do believe the Seahawks will pull this one out. It just might be a low-scoring game. So, with What's that the being – homie hometown plays of the week right there, man. <laughs> we came hard. 
soft ass homie hometown plays of the week on that one. Um, so that's about all I got for that. Um, Rudy and Aaron Jones, both appreciate you guys coming on. And Oz, big homie, as always, my man. We back. We in it. Um, go get that. Go get that merch, baby. Go get that merch. Um, gonna be rocking some of that. Some of that wear here soon. Soon as the damn sweatshirt without the hood is back in stock, I gotta talk to. I gotta talk to the uh, people just fulfilling these orders and uh, on the. Uh, <laughs> on the manufacturing side, you know what I mean? Soon as that comes back in order, you will see me on deck with the jeans on, with the sweater on, going to town guess, looking fresh. Guess that's a good sign that good sign that merch is selling out already. We'll take it. We'll take it. I can't even get nothing. I know, right? Well, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view the show. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. As always, follow me on Twitter at Stick015. Follow the Anonymous Big Homie at homie underscore anonymous you already know and the producer chris underscore donovan on twitter as well don't forget to go this is funner.com for more podcasts and online content bro another good show appreciate it all y'all for listening good stuff use the hashtag sticks and sports and gives us get us some questions these next few days we'd appreciate it thanks everyone we'll talk soon wash those hands baby damn this is funner That was Sports Fix with Sticks. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you want to join the show, use the hashtag Sticks and Sports.